This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. What's up, podcast? I'm back this week, and I have Andrea Lee. She's a UFC flyweight women's fighter. How you doing? Doing good. So, we've known each other for like, oh man, 10 years or more now. More. Oh yeah, more. Well, yeah, I guess 11. Yeah, it's been a while. Um... But, and you know, just for the listeners, you're, you know, you're in the UFC. How long have you been in the UFC now? Um, for two years, three years? Two years. Two years. Okay, cool. Um, well, we've known each other because we started training MMA like 10 years ago. And um, yeah. I went off and just started working and you continued and made a career out of it. So it's pretty cool. And, um, but I'd like to get a little bit of background on you before I met you and kind of let everyone know kind of how you come about and how you landed in the sport. Okay. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, I mean, um, what did you do in school? Were you uh, were you athletic? Were you a nerd? You know, what was your? How did you come up? Um, how big is your family? Where are you from? You know, let's get into all that. Um, well, I was. I wouldn't say I was a nerd. Okay. Um, but I I grew up kind of tomboyish. Okay. I feel like I don't know. I feel like most girls probably in the sport did. Um, but um, I love sports. I always played football with the guys and uh i wanted to play hockey but that was not really? ho- yeah i mean that wasn't <laughs> something that was offered in atlanta texas yeah so i thought that that would be fun because it was contact and i thought that was yes. awesome i was like you know they got rough with each other or so i thought from what i saw on tv you know um i was always sort of interested in martial arts but you know just from what i had seen on tv um i thought that was cool and I wanted to do that. But again, we didn't really have that, you know, offered in Atlanta. So yeah. it wasn't until I, I, you know, became an adult and graduated that I started training in the martial arts. But um, I don't know. I mean, I had I had farm animals. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had emus and rabbits. So you were in and, the country. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. lived in the country. We had chickens, you know. We, uh, we ate fresh eggs. We had garden. Uh, we ate fresh vegetables. Um, I just I grew up playing outside with all my brothers and my cousins, and we had like many. We had a big family, so you know it's not like nowadays where kids are all stuck on their iPads yeah. and they're in the house. Yeah. We were eager to get outside, of course, and uh, we had a squad, so it was a lot of fun growing up as a kid. Well, you saying that now with everything that's going on in the world, uh, people are, you know that do have their own eggs, and their own vegetables, and all that stuff are kind of fortunate <laughs> right now. If anyone can't find them shopping, yeah, I've been to the grocery store to get eggs, and unfortunately, they're out. Yeah. <laughs> well, so um, so you get into uh, you get out of high school. Um, how do you land in town to refine a gym, and how does that? What's that story? How does that kind of take place? Well, I started. Well, I, yeah, I guess it was. Well, when I moved here at, at the age of 18, I had actually initially started looking for a place to train. I wanted okay. to do some sort of boxing or kickboxing, and um, I had seen some advertisements on, um, you know, on the back of trucks, like driving around, which just so happened to actually be Donnie's truck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ironically. Um, but I didn't call, I didn't call Donnie. Um, I didn't call the number on the back of that truck. I ended up looking around, and I, call, I ended up getting a hold of... Um, who was it? Uh, um, ah, shit. Name somebody. <laughs> Jake DeMint. Um, uh, He's Brent. older school. Um, man, 
Charlton Young. Charlton okay. Young. Yeah. Okay. So it was Charlton Young. Yeah. And I'm calling him, and he said it was about like a hundred dollars or so a month. You know. And I was okay. like, dang it. Well, I can't really afford that right now. So I decided to put it on the back burner until I was actually able to afford something monthly. And then it wasn't until I got to Buffalo Wild Wings. By this time, I'm like 20. Yeah. And I had some a friend who was talking about having a cage fight coming up, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. I want to fight. Like, I've been wanting to get into that. Yeah. So where are you training at? And this guy just so happened to be training at Brent Mason's. Okay. And so I was going to go up there, but he kind of talked me out of it. He was like, oh, we, you know, they're really rough on the newbies, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, got a little, you got a little weary. You're like, okay, I'm not going to do that. They said that they like to weed out the week, you yeah. know. And so I was like, well, I want to be taken serious. Right. So if I show up and somebody just tries to, like, just run me through the ringer on the yeah. first day, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to want to come back. Like, I want to be taken serious, you know. I want to be eased into it. So that was uh, – I just – I just somebody else, um, it actually happened to be um, Tremaine, he was friends with Kendrick Williams. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you need to hit up Donnie. He's yeah. like, that's my boy. You need to call him. He <laughs> trains Kendrick. It's my brother. Anyways, I was like, okay, so I'll call Donnie. And um, and then I, I did. And so kind of that's that's ended up, that's how I ended up at Karate Mafia. Yeah. My first day there, I ended up, I loved it. And I guess Donnie saw something in me, you know, and he he took me serious enough, you know, and, and, and look where it got me. Yeah. And that was, man, what year was that? It was, that was probably... 20, uh, that was actually 2009. Yeah, 2009. So that's when I started training, too, because yeah. I'd been passing by there. I was in the oil and gas industry, and it was, like, tucked off down there around a bunch of oil field companies. And I kept seeing I was like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And one day yeah. I mustered up the courage <laughs> just to walk in. I was like, hey, what's up? Um, I want to do this. You know, I've been watching UFC for two years. I want to do this. But it was cool because... But back then when I met you, you were really shy and really quiet, yeah. and I feel like way more introverted. And I was too, way back then, yeah. I feel like. And now it's seeing you grow and come out of your shell, and you're able to you know, talk and do stuff like this, and then be on worldwide you know televised yeah. events and that take, taking that that's that's a nerve-wracking right there it is and you know it takes a lot of growing up um donnie you know he really put me um he he made me do like a lot of podcasts and stuff yeah oh he had he had me in front of like cameras <laughs> all the time yeah. to make me get used to it and i sounded like rocky you know whenever rocky was was doing his recordings for the commercials and yeah. then we're like he needs the dummy cards and i'm like <laughs> i needed dummy cards most of the time because it was terrible like like trying to even just explain who i was yeah and and to remember my own accomplishments like he could remember all my accomplishments yeah. i i couldn't remember anything i could just remember like the last fight i won i couldn't remember everything else you yeah. know so um, but yeah, all of it, all of it has helped me out a lot, and um, now I can actually talk without uh, getting too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I mean, uh, before I guess your first fight—I don't remember. If, man, it's been so long ago. But when we started all fighting, I think I—I know I did. We did boxing fights first to kind of break the ice, and then started doing MMA. Yes. Did you do that? You did that too, yes. I believe. Yes. And so that's because I know you're. I mean, you've come a long way in jiu-jitsu from where back then but we were all kind of just stand up you know yeah. brawlers and had a little bit of a little bit of ground but basically let's get back up to our feet to and bang stand. yeah yeah and it's uh it's cool to how do, how do you think that affected your game starting out whenever you started out is just doing the boxing thing and then transitioning into doing now right. being a great jiu-jitsu artist and all that 
I think that is what helped the most um, because I was able to ease myself into MMA, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's a lot of people who get out there and they're like one-sided, you know, as an amateur. Yeah, of course. You either know how to grapple or maybe your striking is a little good, you know. Um, So for me, starting with boxing, that helped me to at least become comfortable, you know, just fighting in front of like a small crowd in a gym, you know, because that's kind of where most of the the local boxing tournaments and even like some of the... um, small boxing uh, events that we had would be in like a small little gym Mm -hmm. or either a a high school Yeah, like Golden Gloves. We went down south and did all that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean that helped out a lot. Um, The first time that I competed, I I walked to the ring and I didn't even have my mouthpiece. My brother had to run (laughs) my brother had to run back and get my mouthpiece and um, I, I remember, you know it was my first time well, I mean, I had sparred many times without my glasses, but, you know, it was just, like, different. Because, mm-hmm. like, technically I was legally blind. I've had PRK, so I've had the laser surgery, so now I can see without contacts and glasses. But then I had to fight without glasses. I didn't have contacts, so it was like, you know, I'm fighting blind out there. Yeah. All I can see is this blurry figure coming at me, and, you know, like, we're just trading. I ended up winning that fight, but it was like, by the high, it was, like, unreal. I'd never felt that before. So my adrenaline was going. The come down was, like, after the fight, and the, you know, was over. I had to run to the bathroom and throw up. <laughs> like, it was the... It's, it's nerve-wracking. But it's a good thing that yeah. all I was doing was boxing yeah. and not MMA. Because right. that would have been way too much mm-hmm. to think about, you know, on my in my first fight. Yeah. So I do think that the boxing uh, helped me out a lot. Because then I was able to ease into jiu-jitsu. And we did kickboxing tournaments and Muay Thai tournaments. And so that helped me to actually become better at MMA and, you know, be a whole package. Right. And now you're here <laughs> in the UFC. Yeah. Um, so your last fight, that was uh, Lauren Murphy. Yes. And there's a, there a bunch of stuff going on about that with the judges and, um, you know, not looking at the, not yeah. watching the entire fight. But you said mouthpiece, and it reminded me, what happened oh, with your mouthpiece? I would love to explain that. Because, I <laughs> because feel- Joe Rogan kept saying something. I was like, I got I to gotta know what really happened. Okay, so I had that mouthpiece I've used in my last couple of fights. I've yeah. had it for a while now, for at least two years, you know. Um, and it's done me great. But the thing is, is, the last couple of, you know, months before my fight, I kept leaving it on my dashboard, ah. you know. So, and the heat's going to warp yep. it. I wasn't really even thinking about yep. that affecting it in any kind of way whatsoever. And I had a spare mouthpiece, but I had left that at the hotel, unfortunately. Go figure. Um, <laughs> so, um, this one was the one that I had I use all the time yeah. in all my fights and all my training. It's just the one that feels the most comfortable. I mean, it, it typically it sits in there really good and it's hard to pull out. Well, both of them are really hard to pull out, but one just feels a little more smoother and more comfortable than the other, and that's the one I like. But unfortunately, the heat kind of messed that one up, and I didn't realize it until I was in the fight, you know, because it works well for me whenever I'm training, but I guess when you're... you know, Full contact, yeah. Full contact, yeah. There's going to be a big difference, you know, and she just kept knocking it out plus it's pretty bulky it sits in my mouth so i'm gonna i'm gonna get another one um my mouth guard company they're sending me another one it's gonna be a little bit thinner Mm -hmm. but it's still gonna fit in there nice and tight yeah i was wondering about that i think for those of you listening or watching that 
didn't watch the fight. Basically, I think it came out like three times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I was like, well, I got to ask her about that. Maybe four. <laughs> and I was like, man, I was thinking to myself, oh, these there's some Malcard sponsors. They're going to be hitting you up after this and, fight. And they did. And I'm like, no, I'm, I've had this. You're saying loyal. You knew what the problem was. It wasn't with the mouthpiece. It was because, of, yeah, I mean, well, that makes sense. That, I'm sure that answers a lot of questions there. Yeah. And I've had a lot of, and I've been meaning to make a post about that, but I just haven't because it's like. I don't know. I just haven't. I just haven't yet, but I guess I should. Um, But, I mean, they've been with me since I was an amateur. Right. And uh, the guy is really cool. You know, it's Iron Jaw. Yeah, I remember meeting them forever ago. They they used to make some badass, like, KGB mouthpieces for you and stuff. Yeah. He he does a great job. Um, He's out of Memphis, Tennessee. So, I mean, that that whole ordeal was not his fault. But I would say that I feel like when my mouthpiece came out, I mean, you can see in a couple of moments where it's like, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I look so funny. But I think I fought better with the mouthpiece out because there was a bit more urgency, you know, protecting my teeth. So, I mean, like my head movement was, I was moving my head Mm -hmm. and I was sitting down on my shots and it was like, I was just, I was so focused on, you know, not getting my teeth knocked out that I feel like I was doing a little bit better, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Well, well, so from that, I guess we'll talk about this real quick, too. Um, what's the feedback from the UFC, from the commission, with all the judge, like all that drama that happened? Have you heard anything since then? Like as far as misjudging the fights, um, people being, you know, on well, either I side mean, of there? I'm sure that there's still some fighters that are – trying to contest it i mean we did send in our our email to try and contest it but according to this texas state commission they're backing their judges and they're saying that they had little monitors that they were looking at okay you know um which i don't believe but (laughs) (laughs) um so now i think it's just kind of like one of those they're just waiting for the storm to pass by and i think it has and i don't think anybody's really i don't think they're like is what it is kind of moving forward yeah well so i guess we'll talk about this too like with the coronavirus at bay of course right now no one's doing anything Um, unfortunately we still can do stuff like this Mm -hmm. but um how is that affecting i saw the ufc postpone postpone fights for a few months now um of course that's kind of everything right now but how is it affecting your training regimen um not knowing when you may fight again and, you know, dealing with the sport and everyone in it, you know, have you heard anybody like remotely that's not here, maybe in another country or local people? What are they doing um, in the States? Like as far as training or are most of the gyms open most of the gyms, still? No, pretty much everybody's kind of shut down okay, um, so, because the thing is, ouch, I just smashed my fingers. <laughs> but, uh, because um, if somebody who I don't know maybe just doesn't like you, they can call the police, right? Of course, and they can have them come up there if you if you're if you're doing anything. So everybody's yeah. got to be a little careful, you know. Yeah, if you if have you, a business and you, you have a gym, you gotta I mean you gotta abide by that. Yeah, but, because, I mean, are you? My I guess my question is, are you finding ways to continue to train best you can with, with the restrictions we have going on? Yes, I am. Uh, you know, I have a friend who has a, uh, a gym out of his garage, so yeah. he train he does me he he works my strength and conditioning it's chase chase duggan yeah so i mean he has a good oh, so he setup. got set up good for him because he yeah because yeah. that put him in a bind too and luckily like it was equipment that he'd been trying to sell off but luckily he yeah. has this equipment so now it's like we're you know just training out of his out of his gym um but 
as far as like jujitsu and all of that, you know, that's just kind of like hit or miss. You know, maybe one of us can get up yeah, there and yeah, work yeah. or yeah. whatever. That's a lot of contact and a lot of sweat yeah. and a lot of and yeah, it's just Me not probably not a good idea. Probably not. But Tony and I were talking about maybe you know when he gets in town, going up to the track and we can do like some pads yeah. out there at the track and we could run and do bleachers and stuff like that. So I mean, we could still get a workout in um, as far as that goes um, if. You know, we do have keys to a gym, so mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we can go up there right. and and hit some bags. You yeah. know, when nobody's there, of right. course, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. I no. mean, it's I mean, it's a, it's a private facility, and there's I don't think that you can stop anybody from doing that. Um, and I don't think there should be any consequences to that. I mean, especially if it's just you or yeah, one of course, person, yeah. I mean, you if you're know? just yeah, I mean, we're just kind of battling the the masses, dealing with the public coming in and out. That's yeah. kind of the biggest issue right now. I think. Yeah. Groups, yeah, groups, and that. That I mean, this Corona thing is really taking its toll. I wasn't expecting all this. I wasn't either. It's uh, it's been insane. I don't know. It's a good thing though that the grocery stores are still open. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's. I think it's humbling. You know, people are really thinking and having to look at what's important now. Yeah. You know. Um. Friends, family. A lot of people losing their job. Yeah. You. I mean, you worked in the service industry before you yes. got into MMA being your career. I mean, that's. You know how it is. Yeah. And losing and, that and then not having anything to fall back on is pretty rough for people. And I know, like, if you're working in the service industry, like, waiters, you know, they're not really good at, I wouldn't say all of them, but a lot of us, I know I wasn't great at managing my money. Right. It's like I would make enough to, like, I, I would have my bills set aside, yep. but then it was, like, the rest is spending money. Yeah, and then you don't you know, know what you're going to make either. Yeah, you, know, you week never to week know what changes. you're going to make. So, um, keeping some set putting some back is was never my i mean whenever i was working in the industry you know yeah. was never my forte so um you know for all those people who got laid off now i mean they might not have there's a lot of people that don't have money like no. stored up i mean so, most 80 percent of us live paycheck to paycheck i don't yeah. know how's that in the fighter world how do you manage your money being paychecks are so few and far between how does that work you have that's to be I try to fight at least every three months three yeah. four months if i can so that's why i would like to get a a fight in may or june um the only like my thing is since since my fight so i did come off with like two i would say minor injuries but one of them is still lingering and it's kind of affecting me pretty good um i had a broken toe which that one's not the big deal the other one it ended up being some kind of I'm not exactly sure, but it's in my foot. It's in my right foot. It's ligament or separation, but it's really hindering me from being able to pivot and drive. Okay. Um, so anytime like I'm sparring and yeah. then I have to plant and fire, it's like my foot just kind of gives out. Mm-hmm. Same thing like if I'm wrestling. Like every time that I try to shoot, it's like I can't even. I can't drive off of my foot, and that's my dominant side. It's my you know I drive right. off that side all the time. So it's it's kind of it's really aggravating me because I want to run. I want to work out. Uh, but I think that the more that I do that, the it's not going to get better. Well, is that injury from the most recent, recent fight yeah. or the one before that? Okay, it is. Okay, yeah. Because I noticed there's some sort of separation, and I, I don't know exactly what that means. But there's a separation. I can't explain. Yeah, it. I'm, I'm it's not. I'm not. Foot. Yeah, it's in. It's, it's around that big part of the the bone in the foot. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, it's. It, I, I sound stupid right now to anybody who's hey. in the medical field. <laughs> they know what you're talking about. They know what you're talking I, yeah. about. I'm just like, all I know is it hurts, and I'm having issues driving off right. my balls on my foot. I'm still trying to run because it's like if I don't run and get my cardio in, 
and if I'm just lifting, I can lift, then I'm just going to put on a lot of weight. I'm yeah. going to get... I'm gonna well, have you had it looked at yet to kind of figure out what... I have, and that's why he said it's a separation. Right. But there's, but what like, is the heal, what's the healing? Just time? Is that what they're saying? Or? Time yeah. and not doing anything, which is my problem. It's hard yeah, for me not to do anything. It's hard to, to not do, do that, yeah. One of my job is to... Stay in shape. Be ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything flows back up, and Dana calls and said, hey, you're fighting. I know. <laughs> you got to go. But then, I mean, you know, we all walk. Yeah. We all... We're on our feet every day, yep. so it's kind of hard to, you know, I don't know. It's just hard. F- I don't know. So what's <laughs> your, being that you're off, and I, I mean, I'm sure everyone's kind of indulging right now, but what's your what's your diet like right now? I'm trying to make, I'm trying to keep it good. Okay. It's still really good. I've been cooking healthy meals um, for me and Ainsley and her friends who have had all week long. Um, and then also <laughs> Trifecta is still, they're still sending food, so that's good. That's good. Um, but for the most part, like I had, I've, I ran to the grocery store, you know, I bought a bunch of like healthy food. Mm-hmm. Of course, healthy means perishable. Yep. So. It's not going to last long. <laughs> no, it's not going to last long. It's not going to last long through the, the, the couple of weeks that, you know, we're supposed to be quarantined. But luckily, Trifecta is still sending meals and those will get me by. They last about like a good week and a half and they send them weekly. So. That's good. That's good to hear. I mean, cause. So, I mean, yeah, because a lot of people, when they go off and they're off that long, they kind of lose momentum and yeah. may not be doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then not having a place to work out every single day. Yeah. You know, I could see where a lot of fighters may kind of lose their, you know, touch for a minute. Uh, yeah. And then in the UFCP, I was going crazy, too. I mean, you know, because they have people coming in, fighters and yes. athletes, not just fighters, but other athletes, you know, coming in from all over the world. People coming in from China all the time to work out yeah. there. So, I mean, it's like they were... They were under a lot of stress. And that's in Vegas, right? In Vegas, yeah. yeah. And then they were going to have, I think they did end up having some of the fights there at the Apex Center, which is actually near, it's next to the PI. Okay. It's it's in that same area. It's in the same vicinity. And when she says know? PI, she means Performance Institute. So, yeah, yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> no, it's <Yes>. all good. <laughs> the UFC Performance That's what I'm here Institute. for. Yeah. Um, and the Apex Center is also the place where they have the Ultimate Fighter and they have gotcha. the Contender, so where they all go and they compete. So I mean, that's what they did with their last fight, I believe. They just had it at the they had it televised. Yeah, remember? But yeah. they moved it yeah. to the Apex. That's right. Center. Yeah, they did because yeah, that was last minute deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's where they had it because I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. And then they canceled sense. the rest of the fight. Right. <laughs> right. So we don't know what's going to happen yet. Yeah. Well, going back to that, I mean, what are your plans? What are you looking for? Um, or is there an opponent you're scouting out? Who do you want to fight? Nobody that I'm... Man, I just want to fight. I, I just want to fight. It. I want to win. Um, You've always but, been that way. You've always been kind of level-headed and not really get... You don't get amped up or, you know... I, I've never seen you get too crazy about trying to fight one person anyways. Yeah. I mean, I try not to, you know. And then it's like whoever they throw at me, you know, I just want to prepare for them. You know I mean? Yeah. I, I'll get ready. Um but if you want, if you do it the smart way, so right now I don't know where I'm ranked at, you know, since I lost my last fight. I was ranked number eight. Now yeah. I don't know where I'm at, honestly. Um, so to, to fight smart and you want to, if you're fighting, like looking at it as a, as a business perspective, if I'm, I'm not in the top five. So I want to fight or it would be smart for me to fight the, the, the five, five or six through 10, you know, or yeah. five through, through 10, whatever. So that way 
I'm fighting them with the money that I'm already agreed to, like on my contract, right. you know. And if I'm fighting like, a, let's say, a top number two or number three, I should be getting paid. Or you would think that you would get a lot paid. You paid a lot more for that, but but you're not. You're still going to get paid exactly what's on your contract, okay. you know. So from what I'm thinking and what my manager was thinking, you know, fight the top, fight in the top ten, but stay stay away from the top five. Right. You know that way that you're you're getting paid. What, what, what's yeah where you're getting Makes paid sense. work your way up and then renegotiate contract ask for more and then start fighting you right. know the top five or top four you yeah because I mean that's that's worth the pay there at that point instead of yeah. just kind of randomly taking one if it comes up and then possibly not getting paid and get, you know anything yeah. can happen and, and, and really all I would need is like two fights two fight wins and then I can renegotiate my contract you know yeah. and, and that's what I need and this last fight I mean I feel like I definitely won that fight but I, I think you really did good I was surprised that um you you didn't go to the ground much no well, I wanted to keep it standing okay I didn't know that so I was wondering like I said like, what's and I didn't know that I don't know her ground you know dynamic or anything either so I wanted to keep it standing um but I'll, let me go into this. I will tell you uh, something that not that I didn't really get to talk about, um, or because I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to use it. It's not an excuse or anything like that. I feel yeah. like my performance was great, and I'm not, I'm not upset with it in any kind of way whatsoever. I do wish I had defended the takedowns better, and I do wish that I hadn't held on to that anaconda choke, or I don't know, yeah. uh, you know that because I mean, I in my mind, I mean, there, I, I typically I have. I do other things besides that. I wouldn't normally do that. Like, I mean, I feel like I would have snapped her down, go for a front choke, or snapped her down and then pass her by and take her back, you know, which is yeah. something that I typically would do because I, I do wrestle a lot, and, and that's what I should have done, but I didn't. Um, but I actually had gotten a very bad staph infection in my shin the Ooh. week before the fight. And, I mean, like, my whole shin, like, from, from here to here was, like, red, Damn. swollen, and, yeah. you know, a staph, or it was cellulitis. It was a yeah. staph or cellulitis. The thing was, it was, like, underneath. It wasn't, like, one of those that popped up and you had, like, a little, uh, a a bump that looked like a bite or a pill. Right, yeah. You know? I, I mean, we've, it, all, we've had them. If you're, yeah. in the, if you're in the game, you've had them. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like it popped up overnight, and it looked like a hematoma. Like I had bumped my shin in the middle uh-huh. of the night, or I had kicked something really hard and just swell up. So, I was like, man, I, I couldn't remember if I had hit it or not. So, I started rubbing it out, you know, like a hematoma, yeah. like you do, you know. So, I started massaging it, and the next thing I know is like my whole leg started turning yeah. red, and I must have like... You know, you got to think, like, whatever that, that sack was, yep. I must have, like, ruptured it, and it just spread, spread and yeah. made it worse. And just so you know, I did disinfect this studio before you got here today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have staff now. Well, okay. I know, but with all this corona stuff going around, I was like, okay, let me make sure I clean this thing really good before we get in here. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm okay. not worried. I think we're healthy beings, so yeah. I feel like, you know, we we'll sure. be good if we do get it. But so my, my shin was mush mushy, and, and I had... Um, intended on kicking a lot with my right leg and since that was my my right leg that got uh the infection i couldn't really kick with it because it was so sensitive mm-hmm. you know because like staff it eats the muscle Makes sense. you know okay. what i mean so that's so why you didn't throw that that much okay i, I was wondering much. and then I, another thing is what was the what was your game plan in just doing stand up and not going to the ground in this fight? Is it just you, stand up was uh, attack the body everywhere? I was yeah, we saw on, that, and he kept yeah. saying it too. I mean, yeah, you were landing good body shots. I only couldn't attack from the right side as much. I right. wanted to eat up right. her her her, uh, her calf. Yeah. I was wanting to throw a lot of calf kicks because she stands 
very, very flat-footed, and she's very square, and she doesn't check. So, I mean, that was part of my plan, and I was very irritated, like, and and just disheartened, you know, the whole, the week leading up to that. I was like, I can't even kick, you know? I was like, I'm just going to have my left leg to kick with, and, you know, so, I mean, that's why it turned into, like, a a boxing match, pretty much. Yeah. You know, and I was throwing teeps and inside leg kicks. And it changes up your whole perspective on what your plan was, and then... For people who are listening who don't know anything about fighting or, you know, if you're just, you know, whatever it may be, you're into another fitness industry or whatever. Um, when you get you have a uh, a bag of weapons and when you get one of them taken away and you're used to using those weapons, it hurts you pretty bad. You Especially know? one of your big ones. I yeah. Mean, I mean, your kicking is one of your most you know powerful is, things you I have. I was planning on launching that because she did. She stood so flat footed and that was part of the game. And just, you know, eating up the thigh and the calf, you know, and then that would have slowed her down even more I mean that would have because that's I mean like if you look at my fight with Ashley Evan Smith I don't know if you happen to see that one yeah. but I ate her yeah. ca- I ate yeah. her leg I, it was, up yeah you did and, and she's a wrestler you yeah. know and she she shot for many takedowns but it slowed her down mm-hmm. it slows everybody down I mean it slows, slows them down from being able to put weight on you know on the punches mm-hmm. and then also to shoot and whatever and else and like moving moving yeah there's no right. you're, you're I mean, not gonna like, be able to cut and, agile. Yeah. um so my plan was to eat eat up the body, attack from everywhere, keep it standing, um, you know, and because I knew that my striking was better, but um, I, and I know that I had a lot of people wondering probably why I wasn't throwing to the lead leg, yeah, uh, and that's why, guys, because my shin was <laughs> out of commission, yeah, it was bad, <laughs> and it was gonna hurt, it would now. hurt me, it would probably set me on my ass hat eye, because yeah. it was it was sore to the touch. Is it is it know? good now? It's good now. So you can kick. I can kick. It's still kind of sensitive, yeah. I think, because now it's like, I don't. Maybe it's new tissue, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like now I got to recondition it all over gotcha. again. Makes sense. Yeah. So you're ready. I'm ready. By well, the time, ready. by the time, yeah. <laughs> by, the, by the time this all lifts, lifts over and blows over and all that, you'll be ready. I feel like you'll be full Definitely. health. Huh? Yeah. Well, um, so let's talk about a few things real quick. Um, being that um, a lot of my listeners aren't pers- like avid MMA fans per se but we just talk about a lot of positive positive stuff on the show and then you know anything that if anyone's listening they can just take a little bit of value from this um tell me what's motivated you to stay in this this whole time being a woman being um now single mom um what's driven you to to stay to follow your dreams you know to be in the top 10 in the UFC in the world you know that's a massive achievement and I'm, I'm very excited for that. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. Um, I would say, well, for one, Ainsley, you know, I mean, being a mother, you know, that does put a whole new perspective on things, yeah. you know, or just being a parent in general. I mean, you know, I don't really have, I don't have a whole lot, and I don't like to say that, you know, I like to put myself down, but I mean... I felt like I'm really good at fighting yeah. and MMA and just being in the martial arts and being in, in fitness, you know, is something I always wanted. But, I mean, I'm not really, I'm not business-minded, you know. I would like to be. I would like to own a gym, you know, sometime soon. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. I just feel like I'm. this is what I'm really good at. And, you know, when you find something that you're good at and that you love, you know, there's you don't want to give up on it. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I... When I had won my, well, actually, when I had my first loss, and it was Hollywood, Florida, at the Women's National Golden Gloves, you know, it was, 
Uh, what year was this? How old were that you? That was 2010. Okay. That so was, that was it right after, after you started into the fighting? Yeah, yeah, pretty much after I had started. So I had my first loss, but then I was like, man, I love this. You know, I was like, I'm going to see where this takes me. Like, I don't want to give up. I don't want to quit. I'm going to take it as far as I can. You know, and it's just, I've, I've only progressed and I've gotten better with time and you know, with with each and every fight, you know, I've had other opportunities open up, other avenues. I mean, I'm in the UFC, so it's like, I, if had I not made that promise to myself, you know, and I'm still holding myself to that promise. Yeah. I'm still trying to see how far I can go with this, um, because right now I'm like, just I just reached, you know, I'm just breaking the surface, you know, um, and like like we discussed, I have I have two losses now, so I'm trying to get back up on on my horse, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, get me some wins. Uh, you know, I'd love to fight Valentina. You know, okay. of course, I need a lot of, uh, I need, to, I need a lot of preparing for that fight. She's an incredible fighter. But the things that just helps me to stay focused and you know, uh, pursue this is you know Ainsley and just the promise that I made myself. You know, because I don't, I don't want to be a quitter. Yeah, you know? I mean that's that's anyone that has you said you you don't feel like you're you feel like you're great at fighting. That's what you want to do. Everyone has that strong suit that they're mm-hmm. great at, and I feel like a lot of people do things on a daily basis that they hate instead yeah. of doing what they love. Yeah. And in your in your game in, in your industry, that's a I mean, it's a grind. There's there's thousands and thousands and thousands of fighters. And um you have to be an elite on the top on your shit all the time to, mm-hmm. to progress to the level you're at now. So I mean it's you it's, it's nothing to be you know taken lightly at all. And, then, and not only that, I mean, like, I get to inspire people. Yeah, of you know? course, yeah. Um, and I love that. I mean, I get, like, daily, like, messages from people who, you know, reach out, tell me that, you know, I inspire them in some kind of way or another. And, um, you know, that makes me feel really good, you know. Is there other days where you feel like maybe you don't want to train that day and then you get that message, you're like, I got to get my ass up, people are looking at me. I have those days all the time. Hey, that's, that's <laughs> it's great, though, isn't it? It's I mean, like... it really is. <laughs> Because, I mean, you may not think you're doing that much. You know, you know you're in your head and it's all, you know, it's your goal. But there's so many other people that are looking up to you and saying, hey, she did this. And she's from that little mm-hmm. small town. And yeah, it's I mean, look at her now. It does. And it, and it will. And it drives you. It drives me. Um, but I mean, yeah, I do have those. I have those days where yeah. I just don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> um, but then but then like once I've had too many of like if I had two of those days in a row, I start feeling lazy you know because this is my job yeah and i can't not go to work mm-hmm. you know i feel like i'm not doing anything with my life if i don't go to work which is training so yeah. you know i don't want to stay ready i don't want to like i don't want to be out of shape and not be ready i mean i just got to the ufc you know i want to yeah. like show everybody what i can bring i mean i've had some pretty exciting fights and i don't feel like i've really got to show myself you know not what i'm fully capable of i mean that's you got it though. I mean, it's funny because I remember when we first started back then, it was like they were showing us how to punch. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like here's how you properly throw a one, two, three. And now we're sitting here what, eleven years later and you're in the top ten of the UFC, so it's cool. But um well another thing, so what do you do, uh what do you do besides fight and hang out with your daughter? What are there any other hobbies you have? Um, sometimes, you know, I like to paint or do arts and crafts. Okay, and that's stuff surprising. Like that. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but it's it's not something that I do like all the time, but I do like I do like to draw and whenever I get into the mood, you know, it's like 
I don't know whether I'm whatever it is that I'm I'm drawing or painting or I'm creating something you know uh, like I'll do uh, as an example like wine bottles you know like I'll, I'll paint wine bottles you know and decorate them up and then I'll like I'll glue some of Ainsley's pictures on top of the wine bottle and then okay. I'll have them for decoration or yeah. something like that you know and so is that your kind of like outlet to just chill out and relax and kind of yeah. be creative it's like especially whenever I have if there's a lot on my mind you mm. know and I'm stressing out it kind of makes me relax a little bit I mean I feel like everyone has that you know being that fighting's your job that's not your outlet to, to chill out right. for me now it's like my outlet to, uh, to lift weights or go work out that's kind of my outlet to chill yeah. so I mean everyone has their thing I feel like they have to I mean I would like other hobbies you know and I just I don't really I don't have a whole lot that I do I, I don't know I really don't like I sit here and think about it I'm like what do I do I don't really have any other hobbies you know whether I, I, I feel like I'm just if I'm not training then mm, I mean I you're busy else. yeah you're busy you have your daughter yeah and, and when you do I get some free time it sounds like you chill or do something creative so that's cool trying to find ways to promote myself mm-hmm. um trying to stay active you know doing that so that i can um ha- open up other other opportunities yeah. you know other ways of having some kind of income um i'm working on a sponsorship or a deal with a, a clothing company they're kind of a startup but they're mm-hmm. wanting to um they're wanting me to kind of give them my own input they want to have like a kgb brand they okay, want to have like cool. a kgb look like whatever it is that i like to wear nice. give them the idea so it's like they've had me like screenshot and like ideas of you know materials like workout stuff you know like i love crop tops and stuff like that mm-hmm. and certain types of uh leggings you know um so i feel like i can give some good input and i think that that's going to be pretty cool yeah. because i'm you know i'll be able to make money that way and i'll yeah. be able to promote like my own brand in a way um they're gonna they're gonna design it and make it for me you know but i just throw them the ideas and i'm supposed to meet with them eventually um you know and hopefully we'll be able to make this something and move you know can move forward um with that and i can have like my own kind of be part of a clothing company i mean that's exciting because most of the time there's just brands that come in and offer you hey wear this even though you don't like it but if yeah. you're able to actually be part of them creating something that mm-hmm. you love, then you're really going to wear it all the time. And that's the thing is I have had some people, the thing that irritates me the most is I'll get a lot of people who want to send me product. Yeah. But it's like, okay, I'm at the point where you need to pay me. Yeah. You know, because there is a, the paid uh, paid advertising. Yeah. So, I mean, people are getting paid for making a post. Right. You know, and that's advertising someone else's product. So, um, I'm able to... I mean, this way I'll be able to make good money, but I mean, like, I'm saying what's irritating is that I'll have these companies, like, reach out to me. They'll want to send me stuff. And I love clothes. I love getting free stuff. Yeah, Don't of course. Who doesn't? And, but if I'm going to promote you a lot, then I think that I should be getting some sort of, like, uh, percentage or an amount back. I mean, yeah, it's not... Um, not like a... People are like, oh, we'll give you, like, 10%. You know, we'll give you a 10% co- uh, discount code, and you'll get 10% Yeah, maybe back. if you have 1,000 like, followers, not... but you have hundreds of thousands of followers, yeah, you know what I mean, all over the world. Even... This is like, uh, no, you're not getting that free of a yeah, yeah. a plug there. But anyway, so I, I like this. This this will be a good um, this will be a good opportunity, I think. Well, good. That's exciting. Well, um, I have something for you. And you, talk, you were talking about um, that earlier. So I reached out to a mutual friend of ours because – 
honestly, every time I have someone on the podcast, I try to give them a gift. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know what to get you. Aww. I was like, I can't get her anything to do with fighting because she has everything. She gets everything for, you know, whatever she wants, <laughs> she gets there. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I get her? Well, I found out that you like to drink, I think, if I heard wrong, I mean, right. Chard- yeah, so it's Chardonnay. I don't know what kind you like, but mm-hmm. this um this brand I, I've been, like, just getting for people here a lot lately because yeah. it's a it's a it started off as Broken a small business dreams. and it's called slow jams or yeah slow down wines and this guy started this um wine company in his college dorm bathroom really? <laughs> and then grew it into you know what that it is, is now cool. so um it's supposed to be pretty good so i figured hey let me give her this stuff and now that you're off and you have a little time off maybe you can enjoy it you know you I definitely will. can't do it when you're in fight camp so I'm not in fight camp right now, so I will be able to enjoy that. Well, good. I'll enjoy some of it tonight, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, honestly, I just wanted to get you on here and take advantage of you being in town, and we have some downtime, and I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything that you may want to just give any info to my listeners about what they can do to possibly, if they're pursuing dreams as a fighter or this or if they're just pursuing their dream in life you know do you have any advice for them um well for anybody who has a dream you know i feel like you need to act on it you know don't don't just don't just dream about it like actually make it happen like you have to work towards it you know if you're going to get anywhere um and if you find something that you're good at i'd say focus on that and really try to like Go all in, you know. I mean, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. This took me ten years, exactly. you know, or eight years. I mean, I made it. You know, I got I got in the UFC about like two years ago, so yeah. eight years, uh, nine years, and I'm still chasing my dream. I'm still not where I want to be. So, I mean, it's something that you know, it's it's going to take some time. So, if you have a dream, you know, you need to act on it, but you need to go all in, and you need to really like push it, pursue it. And not give up on it. You know, like I said, I made a promise to myself and I've kept that promise. So you need to promise, make promises to yourself and, and not break those promises. Yeah. Um, I recently, you know, like I started talking about wanting to open a gym, you know, and I really yeah. want to do that, you know, and at the same time, I'm like, man, is that even going to happen? Am I ready for that? I really don't know. But like the more I talk about it, the more excited I get about mm-hmm. it. And the more that I discuss it with like other people, I see it being more of a, a reality, like right. something that's going to happen. So, I mean, you have to like talk about it, put yeah. it out there in the universe and, you know, I think good things will happen. So whether it's MMA or um, it's a, a business idea, I'd say just pursue it. Same thing with DJ and his podcast, you know, something he's pursuing, you you know. You just hold yourself accountable. And and fighting, accountability is everything. Yes, yes. So, yeah, but it's a mental game, too. And Mm -hmm. being, I think, being, like, mentally cognitive to always holding yourself accountable is hard for most people. It is. Especially if they're not pressured every day, you know. Well, people people give up on themselves too easily. They do. You know, um, you, you you just have to stop. You just can't be a quitter. You got to stop doing that. You got to have, you have to stop that mentality, you know, and you have to just, you know, I don't know, read, read books, you know, like something that's going to like motivate you, find something that motivates you and inspires you and just, you know, go all in. It's all I can say, Um, you know, and, and, and don't look back because I mean, every, you, everybody has to start somewhere. I had to start somewhere. I didn't know how to throw a jab. 
you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, did, I looked like I looked like a crazy bunny rabbit out there in my first <laughs> boxing match. So I mean, um, it's good to look back and see, you know, where you've come from. Yeah. But we all start at the bottom and we have to work our way up. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. I strongly agree. I think yes. that, um, and not only that, but surrounding yourself with people who have yes. the same yes. passion. And who believe in you. Yes. Because you know as well as I do, when you surround yourself with people who are constantly bringing you down, mm-hmm. it's going to bring you down too. Of course. And that's a, that's a big, big key point. You know, you yeah. definitely need to surround yourself with good people and people that have dreams and, you know, will inspire you and, and motivate you. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's all I got today. And I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I did. You know, this was uh, this one of my better better podcast (laughs) well i'm glad it was on mine (laughs) um thanks for coming on again and everyone please subscribe to the podcast